0: Welcome to The Frenzy. I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. The Frenzy's mission is to
1: celebrate friendships over 40. We believe that women can thrive through authentic relationships, self-discovery, and spiritual exploration. Our decades-long friendship
0: continues to grow because we are willing to go there and share our truths through life's
1: highs and lows. That's why The Frenzy is here, to hold space for women who are 40 and older, because at this age, your story matters more than ever. Melissa and I just adopted my fourth cat. <laughs> he was astray and the and I had a charity set up to take him and when they said it's time because he was too small when I found him, and when they said it was time, I couldn't do it. And so instead of calling me the crazy cat lady, I've just opened a cat cafe in my own house. <laughs>
0: It really is a sweet story. You have to tell it real quickly.
1: So I went to the grocery store one night. A homeless woman said, excuse me, are you, do you like cats? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And she had rescued two little baby, baby kittens when a car had thrown them out of Mm. the car, thrown them out. And so the homeless woman witnessed this, went and got the kittens. And she said, I can't feed them. I bathed them with some bottled water I found. And I'm like, I'll take them. And I adopted one of them out uh, to a great family. And then a charity said, well, he's too young for us to take now, but we'll give him dewormer. We'll, you know, give him his shots. And in a month we'll, we'll take him and adopt him out. And, the month happened this past week, and I was like, I can't do it. I just can't because he he knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He was like up in my neck, up on my shoulder, up on my head, snuggled with me. And my other cats aren't big snugglers. And so I was like, okay. And my other cats are starting to play with them. And I'm like, okay. And I asked my son, I said, do you want to let him go or do you want to keep him? Because I taught him about fostering. And he said, how about we keep them? And I said, okay, so I've got (laughs) four cats.
0: Hold on a second. I thought you only had two cats before.
1: So I had a cat that was 20 uh, that passed away right before the pandemic. And when we, and I had another cat with her. And so then when my son missed that cat during the pandemic, we were like, let's adopt and they wouldn't let us just take one, so then we had to take two. And I had the one left over, so I had three then. And then these two guys came in the house, and I'm like, I can't have five cats. Come on, that's crazy. So I have four. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's uh, it's the so, Carter's Cat Cafe. It's cat. Ca- that's what I, I'm. I'm going to put a cat cafe sign in my house <laughs> because it's like that's that's the way I'm turning it from being the crazy cat lady. Because that's what I've become to you know i'm I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, yes, so.
0: as you should, as you should. oh my gosh, I love that
1: story. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, okay, uh, oh, my sweet friend. He's Melissa. a sweet he's a sweet he's a sweetheart though, if you like, cats come over. Oh, you'll have a so fun time cute. here, so cute,
0: okay. I'm Jen Hobby, and I got misty eyed dropping my third grader off at school today. Did
1: you really?
0: Something about today will be imprinted in my memory forever. It wasn't the first day of school. It wasn't like a big to-do day. I just dropped her off at school and she just bounced out of the car so confident in her little school uniform and she had her backpack on and her ponytail swishing and she had her mask and her glasses on and she just was confidently walking her way into her school building for third grade. She knew where she was going. She didn't need an adult. Oh I got just misty eyed, like she's growing up too
1: fast. <laughs> so sweet. No, oh, she's growing up. It's not too fast. That's what I always tell Ooh. people. We're raising adults. We're not raising children. So I'm I, telling you, she tear it up those, now. Sweet. It was one of those moments that just catches you off guard. And you go,
0: it you know, like the air caught in my throat a little bit. Like, oh it was such a, a joyful moment, but one of those milestones in time.
1: Oh, I love that. Well, you know what, you know, coming up on today's episode, it's similar to what you're talking about, except we're talking about college and, and kids going to college.
0: I know Uh, we are going to talk about so many of our frenzy friends who are dropping off kids at college right now. And we want to dive into some of those lessons that we can learn from that experience for those of us with young kids. And then of course, reflect on our own college experience because college, I mean, it's
1: awesome. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I highly recommend college.
0: (laughs) All right. Have you subscribed to the Frenzy podcast yet? If not, please do and leave us a review. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to podcasts.
1: And if you enjoy this episode of the Frenzy, please share it with a friend because we would love to have more women like you find out about our show. So Jen Hobby, we're going to dive into this college conversation. But first, let's thank our sponsors just heard
0: your friend neighbor or colleague has been diagnosed with cancer your first instinct is what can i do Kick It Pajamas is the answer. Kick It sells pajamas, gowns, and other accessories specifically designed for those going through cancer treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com and use the code Frenzy to get 10% off. That's kickitpajamas.com, code Frenzy for 10% off. Give the gift of comfort
1: and style. Kick It Pajamas. Let's kick cancer off the planet. Hey, it's Melissa. My family has a history of vascular disease, so I make a point to get my vascular system checked through life life-line screening each year. The health of your arteries is important and it's critical to understand your risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease. With a simple preventative screening, I get peace of mind or early detection so that I can take action. Since 1993, Lifeline Screening's highly experienced staff has screened over 10 million people in order to bring awareness to potential health problems for follow-up with your physician. To find out more, go to LifelineScreening.com. That's LifelineScreening.com and be sure to use the code FRIENDS. That's frenzy without the Y. So that's F-R-I-E-N-D-Z. Jen and I have friends dropping off kids to college while we're still over here cutting meat for our kids into bite-sized pieces for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true.
0: <laughs> we're still wiping butts, and they are leaving that's them. True. That's Leaving true. them off into the world to start their own well, lives. Well, imagine what
1: you just said about, you know, with your daughter in third grade, imagine when she's walking into her dorm. Yes. Oh Mm. my
0: gosh. Okay. So (laughs) Melissa, I want to talk about our friends and what they are going through right now, because you and I both have best friends who are in the midst of that first time college dorm drop off. You got a text that yes. stops you in your tracks this week.
1: Yes. So I, I'm not going to say your name because I know she listens because I know this is vulnerable for her. She doesn't know I'm going to read this. Um, but one of my friends who I went to high school and college with, oddly enough, um, who I always look toward for guidance because she's so emotionally intelligent. Like she's that rock in your group, right? She Nothing ever <laughs> unsettles her. But I got this text from her when she dropped her daughter off to college. And so her daughter is going to college in a different state than where she lives. And so this is the text. I'm struggling. We took her daughter to college today. Pretty much all of us are basket cases. It's such a struggle to let her go. I'm so afraid I fell short as a mom to her. I was clueless when she was born. It's going to tear me up. I feel like her whole childhood flew by me. And the whole time I was I was not nearly as intentional with her as a mom, uh, as a mom, as I should have been. Uh, It's been such a hard day. And I I wrote her back and said, honey, you know, first of all, you're a fantastic mother. Every mother feels like they fall short. Uh, But just feeling that by itself shows that you care. And then I went on, and we had a, a text exchange. But I was really wow. surprised. Oh my gosh, I don't even know your friend, and that's making me cry. By this drama less woman who just mm. was incredibly insecure by the experience, because it, you know, to our point, we've said off air, you know, it feels you know, there's a there's an the chapter has ended in her, you know, her living at home, and now she's living somewhere else, and in her reflection is, did I do a good enough job? And so, and of course she did, but it, it was, yeah. So I, I have a feeling that that's, that seems to be, you know, maybe a similar theme with a lot of mothers who are having to, let go of their children.
0: Well, and first of all, if your friend's gotten a kid to college or to a job out of high school, you right. have done a really good right. job, right? <laughs> exactly, I mean, yes. You have been there, you have guided, you have done all the right things. If you're even going through that experience of sending your child off to college, you've given them that chance to become independent people. Yeah. So you should be proud at that time. But I imagine it does come with a whole lot of sadness and a reflection at that time mm-hmm. um, and, and she has
1: other daughters and this is her oldest so this is her first experience mm-hmm. um, and it it also makes you wonder how you handle it because I only have one child so this will be one experience for me I assume unless I, you know I blend a family before then but um, with her she's got two others that I'm sure her her efforts with them may change based on that reflection that day
0: yeah, there's something about that mark in time. it's It's definitely that that timeline where it's this big transition. But my question is, is it an ending or a beginning or both
1: mm-hmm. i I can't. I mean, you and I aren't in that, anywhere near that space, right? So your oldest is in third grade. My son is in first, And I know that um, you know, Katie and I, his, my baby mama, you know, it, it's been the what is it going to be like when he graduates high school? It'll be like, for her, it's like we, we did it, expletive, we did it, right? We got him through school, we got him to, you know, for those who have, you know, um, it makes me think of those who have children who may have learning disabilities or may have, uh, you know, some kind of physical disability. You know, th- think about just the accomplishment and for those who are lucky enough to have children who live to be old enough to graduate high school. You know, it's, it's like, you know, that's going deep and dark, but mm-hmm. still, I think that it should be a celebration. And j- to your point, it's sad, but, you know, it's almost like a morning. You have to it's almost like you have to look at the morning process and understand that you have to go that on some level. You know, nobody has died, but you're still losing something that you're used to and you're having to accept the fact that there's a new normal, right? Yes.
0: I talked to one friend whose daughter's going off to college and she was feeling like their family wouldn't feel the same coming back home because like your friend, she had one younger daughter and she was like, we don't know how to be a family of three. We know how right. to be a family of four. So it's adjusting that dynamic. And the younger daughter was apprehensive about it because she was like, Oh no, am I going to get all the parents' attention now? I don't know <laughs> if I want that. <laughs> right. You know, um, and well, then- I was
1: the, I was the youngest by far. My, my mm-hmm. siblings went to college when I was in elementary school and it was a completely different lifestyle for me. I became an only kid. I mean, I lived the life of an only kid, uh, honestly, Uh, majority of my life I did not live a life with siblings you know even though I have them it's not the same as other people with their siblings because we were 10 years apart and it it was a different dynamic and um but there was there was in my school pictures there was a a friend of mine that pointed out I don't know we were farting around with yearbooks or something and she pointed out she was what happened between here and here Cause I had this like big beaming smile in one picture. And then I had a kind of a not as big smile the next year. And I said, oh, that's when my siblings went to college. So it did affect me there in the beginning because, you know, for the younger, you know, the parents are having a hard time, but the younger siblings, you know, especially if they had a good relationship with the older sibling, it's hard, you know, it's a, it's hard for them as well. So it's a, the whole, it's, it's kind of like my friend, when she says we are struggling, it's because that's a family of five that is now a family of four. Um, and again, because the sister is going, you know, you have to travel to get to her. It's not like any college that's nearby. It's, you know, for them, it's really hard and it makes you remember. Yeah. I remember there was a hole in the house, but then, you know, it was filled and you, and you adapt and you move on. But, um, change is hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm.
0: I have a best friend who um, just dropped off her daughter at college in another state and, Her daughter was so nervous the first day they got there that she wouldn't leave the hotel room
1: oh, bless her. Like to Aww. even go
0: walk around the campus or go check things Aww. out. She was just so nervous. She was almost paralyzed like that first day. Aww. And I got a, I got a text going, this is not going well. <laughs> this is, you know. And then, and then I got a text the next day that was just pictures of the dorm move in day and, you know, getting the new bed set up and the desk yes. and, you know, unpacking boxes and clothes and all that stuff. And so that was a much more happy day and i think that from the hotel room to the dorm room it's like something about that day sort of opened her up because it was she looked her daughter looked like she had some some nervous energy still but a lot more confident than what it sounded oh, like on the first day but yes sir you know so when i asked this friend does college feel like an ending or a beginning or both and how so she replied with this text message College for my daughter is definitely the BEGINNING, all caps. She attended a small high school and now attending a big college halfway across the country. She is being brave and taking risks, which doesn't come easy to her. She is digging deep and stepping outside her comfort zone. As a mother of a daughter, she and I have struggled over the years. She has been unsure about finding her own lane and often compares herself to me and her dad. Being far away, she has the opportunity to be her
1: beautiful self. Bless her heart.
0: I think of it as as an ending of the child rearing stage and also as a new beginning in your new house. Um, But it's like a, a new way to have a relationship with your child. Absolutely. Because the friend that I'm talking about struggled at times with her teenage daughter. You know, they all were, they went through those times where they weren't best friends, where it was hard in the house with, you know, a teenager and hormones and the, you know, just that struggle, you know. I, I was a terrible teenager for a couple of years and yelled words like I hate you and things oh, yeah. I regret. I thought you know? my mother
1: was the devil. Yeah. I yes. mean, I really kid who I adore and, and just honor, but I yeah, they're at 17. I thought she was the devil for sure.
0: Right. And so <laughs> simply you know, because she's trying to tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I've witnessed this relationship go through some tough years and I'm excited about a new beginning for them because I think it's gonna be good for yeah. her to miss her mother. Yes, she's going to now realize how much her mom did for her, how she was a good friend to her, how she was there for her and their relationship can evolve and start this new friendship right? The parenting part is over, but the friendship part can begin.
1: It's the little things. Mom, how do you get a stain out of a shirt? Mom, how do you do this? Because that's what I was called Millie Pete with is uh, how do
0: you get a prescription? Yeah, I didn't have to go get my own stuff at a pharmacy (laughs) right until college. And you're calling your mom. Wait a minute. How do I? Why do you do this? What is this? I used to just show up, right?
1: What does this mean? And by the way, if you hear purring in the microphone, it's because this kitten Mm -hmm. who I adopted is now clingy and having to wanting to be next to my neck. So if that is afraid, one smart kitten. <laughs> See, he, me, he, he knew, he knew, he knew, he knew what like, to I'm do. Gonna work this. He knew what to do. Now let me talk about your, you know, us in college, you know, because yeah. we're talking about this, it reminds me of different things. Cause as you were talking about your friend, I went to college, I started my freshman year at Middle Tennessee State University, so I did not start at the college that I graduated from. Okay, why? And, why did you make the, the switch? Reason, the reason um, has a lot to do with, you know, kind of the the question I had about your friend's kid, because MTSU was close to my hometown of Columbia, Tennessee. It was an hour and a half, but still it was close. It was, a you know, easy drive. UT was three or four hours away from my hometown and most of my friends were going to middle tennessee state university my brother and sister graduated from middle tennessee state university and i got a scholarship to mtsu so that was an easy choice and so my roommate and you know my freshman year in college was a high school friend and a bunch of my high school friends were there so my first day at mtsu was not stressful cuz i was used to the campus i'd been to ball games there with my mm-hmm. siblings um, I, you know, knew people there, uh, my ex-girlfriend was going to school there. And so I, you know, it was a familiar campus, but it was too familiar. The longer I was there, it's like, okay, you know what? I was, I was comfortable with the idea of being with all my friends again, but I didn't feel like I was getting the college experience. I thought, you know what? I'm not facing that fear of doing something bigger or going, you know, for mm-hmm. myself. And I had a buddy at UT who every time she came home, she'd talk about the campus and talk about the experience and all this stuff. And I was jealous. I was absolutely jealous. So I went to my mother (laughs) and I said, I think I want to leave MTSU and go to UT. And she was thrilled because she loved the idea. I think she loved the idea of one of her children going to UT because she liked the idea of the big universe. She had gone to the University of Kentucky and my father gone to the University of Kentucky. So she was excited. And then my father... (laughs) It wasn't so much because he's like, but you got a scholarship to MTSU. Right. (laughs) Now we got to pay because they, they were the parents that paid and they were like, and now we got to pay for UT, but he used to work at UT. And so he's like, all right, fine. So, um, they let me transfer. So I spent the remainder of my college at UT. Um, and I think. What year did you switch? Was it freshman or sophomore? Sophomore. Sophomore year. so, um. And, I, you know, I had done the Greek life at MTSU. So I joined a sorority, I will say, a Chi Mega. I will, you know, no offense to the Chi Megas at UT, but when we, when I transferred and I went to a chapter meeting, I was not very impressed. And so the one regret I have about doing that is the fact that I wasn't active with the Caios the rest of the time because mm-hmm. they were the, they were the snooty ones at the time at UT. And I was like, oh, I, I just, they were just. Oh God, they were like the stereotype that you see in these movies of the worst mean oh. girls. And so I'm like, no, I can't do that. And so anyway, so that's one regret I have that I wasn't active in the chapter after that. But um, I had this, I had a fantastic time at UT. I'm proud to have gotten my mm-hmm. degree at UT. And uh, you know, I, yes, I hung out with my, you know, one of my best friends that's up there, but I, you know, it, I met friends from everywhere and I, you know, I felt like an adult. I felt like I was on my own. And it was a wonderful experience. And that's what the college experience should be. It should be to me that you are, you were raised in a certain way. College allows you to decide whether that's the way you want to be, or you get to find out your own path and your own belief system. And so it's um, like that in-between stage where you're not
0: fully on your own yet. You're not fully alone yet but you're not under your parents' roof anymore. Right. There's a loose
1: tether. There's a safety net. There's a safety net in college, but you know, I was raised to understand that at 18 you're an adult and I raised my son the same way. It's like, you're not an adult at 22 and 20, you're an adult at 18. And so you make these, you're making your own decisions in college. You know, I, I, hopefully I'm in the position where I can fund it and I'm there if he needs me, but I'm not there. I mean, you got, this is, these decisions are yours. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not your backup plan. I'm just there in an emergency. You got to, this is your mistakes and your successes are yours. And so, um, and I think parents need to, you know, when you, when you mourn, like you mentioned with your daughter and and I hear Katie always talking about where'd my baby go with our son. It's like, no, you have to look at them as adults. We're molding adults. And so, yes, the, the baby part is for us. But the they're adults and they need to be treated as such. And I think the sooner you do that, the better off they're going to be in college and beyond.
0: I think for me, the college experience was so fun because I had grown up going to a very small private school. Mm-hmm. So my circle of friends was small. I had known most of the kids in my class from like fourth grade or sixth grade. You know, you didn't date anybody. You were just all brothers and sisters. Right. Like, so it was this very small high school and middle school experience, which was great for so many reasons. And then I got to go to Florida State University and I was like, <laughs> culture shock. <laughs> Let me see if I can be a big fish in a big pond. Cause mm-hmm. I've been in this tiny pond for so long. Yep. And that was so exciting to me. I was like ready. I was not homesick at all. I went home to work for that first summer after freshman year went home and worked in my dad's office. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. It lasted six (laughs) weeks. And I was like, mom and dad, I'm going to go back and take some summer classes. Can you get me into a dorm? So I moved in for the second half of the summer and you know, I I never looked back. back. Yeah. I was just, I was, I was ready for that independence Mm -hmm. and, you know, starting my own life. So many great memories of college guys, just such a special four year time. That is not like any other time in your entire life.
1: I think it's because you're finding yourself. I mean, again, mm-hmm. that's the point. I think that to really take advantage of college is to face your face, that fear, like talk to somebody you don't know, take a class. You know, my mother talked about college and and how it it, it made her afraid, but in a good I mean, like it made her afraid because it was a different belief that so she came from an ultra small community. And had uh, around her family and, you know, her, uh, her extended families. And she was in this insulated environment for so long. She gets to UK and she's like, there are so many different belief systems, so many different religions. That's what she was most Mm -hmm. unsettled by. She said, it scared me. It scared me to understand that what I was raised with is not necessarily the only thing that's out there. And if you come from a small town, that's what you think. And college can be a very scary place. But if you embrace it like she did and understood, oh, there's so many commonalities. We have so we have that college is where she learned. We have so much more in common than we don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think for me, it's yes, I I, I met people from different religions, different um ethnic backgrounds, different countries. I didn't, I didn't meet anybody from a different country in my small town. I mean, you know, so it's like, it was, to me, it was just the world opens up to you if you allow it to in college. And um, I agree with you. It's just fall in Knoxville, Tennessee was the most beautiful, beautiful experience. And to be with all these, just you're at the beginning of your independence and and I was a surround, surrounded by people who are so excited by that right and I was excited by that and so anyway yeah college I think is is a, a great opportunity if you allow it to be and parents should encourage their children to be independent in college and not you know I sometimes I think parents have to to let go. When yeah. You go to college. Except
0: for the laundry. I remember driving home <laughs> yes. in my Honda Accord and the, I mean, oh, it was God. just stuffed with laundry in the back seat because it was like, oh, I didn't get around to it at the dorm <laughs> or whatever. I, I want to sit in the no. laundry room for too long. And so I just remember there being like baskets and baskets full of laundry in my trunk and in my back seat. When I would pull up to my mom and dad's house in St. Pete, my mom would be like, Oh, well, I'm glad you brought some things home with you. <laughs>
1: Now, let me, well, let me ask about this. I guarantee you, do you think now looking now that you're a mom, do you think Nan was really disappointed that you brought laundry home?
0: She was probably excited. She's like, yeah, because I if, do something. <laughs> if
1: Mr. Carter brings laundry home, I'm going, I'm going to be happy now. I doubt he, <laughs> I, I mean, tell him that, but I he doubt will he will, but it. I will be happy if he comes home because he needs, even if he doesn't admit it, because that's Katie, Katie's. Um, philosophy, which I've said on the show before is that our goal with our son is that he wants to come home. It's his idea to come home from college or as an adult. And if, and that was her, her litmus test on whether we were good parents. If he chooses to come home for anything, then we did our job and we were good parents. And we, it, it, because if you're a, if you're a micromanaging helicopter parent, that kid's not coming home.
0: Yeah. They're like, I'm going to go to, I'm Europe out of here. Yes, college. exactly. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> exactly. attending somewhere in Great Britain, Oxford, <laughs> Oxford. Um, so if you could go back and do anything differently in your college years, other than the coyote thing, what would you yeah. redo
1: differently? I think I would have, gosh, that's a good question because I just recently had a luncheon. I, I still contribute to the university of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I have a scholarship there And uh, a a guy, a representative from UT who does his, you know, tours of alumni, he and I went to lunch the other day. And it's funny that we talk about this because he and I had that conversation. And I I think it would have been more of not just trying to get through college. Toward the end, when you see the goal line, you know, there's an idea that I'm just going to get through. And I enjoyed the time with my friends. I mean, I wouldn't have done that any differently. I made some great friends that I'm still friends with, but I would have. I would have planned for myself. It would have been, okay, what does the adult Melissa need to do? It was, I was more depending on the university to get me my job rather than me really constructing this idea of what I wanted to see myself doing. And I would have appreciated leadership in that. And that's what I said to the guy at UT. I'm like, you know, these kids, these kids don't know what they don't know what they want to do for the rest of their life. And they may try some things, but there should be better guidance, I think, within the universities, just that that senior year just to say, OK, let's you know, let's just talk about it. What what, what job would be cool? What do you think? You know, let's figure out a way to do it. So I think I would have um, my senior year would have spent if I'd spent more time thinking about my first year of a of working life and what that looked like. I fell into a great job, but I found that the beginning of my career was falling into things. And I think I would have uh, I wish I would have understood that I had permission to plan it better.
0: Mm, That's good. I think I would have crammed less and taken more time to study along the way. (laughs) Like if I could go back and redo college as an adult, don't you think you would absorb so much more of your classes
1: now? I would have taken different. Well, that's the, the problem is if I took it now, if I went back to college with the knowledge I have now, I would have I probably would have taken longer to get through his class because I would have wanted to take a variety of things. You know, Had we were multiple majors. Yes, and, yes absolutely. And just, and stacked
0: more things on top. But yes. I just remember cramming a lot where I would just kind of, you know, social life was very important to me. <laughs> you know, I too was in a <laughs> sorority, Kappa Alpha Theta, loved it. Very social. And that was, that was important because I didn't have that growing up in high school as much as I wanted to. So I filled that bucket and then I would kind of cram. And I was smart enough that I could get by doing that, but I didn't retain a lot of the information that I mm-hmm. wish I now retained. So, if I could go back and do it differently, I think I would have studied a little bit more along the way and not been up all night cramming <laughs> until until uh, go, going to the test and that was right when energy drinks came out, so I remember pe- people like having a Red Bull to stay up all oh night gosh, and cram yeah. and study and then going into class the next day and just feeling like Headachey and like how did I even just take that test (laughs) you know
1: yeah I probably also would have learned about um auto mechanics more because I had my parents got me this crappy (laughs) well it reminded me of a a quick story a random uh, my parents got me a Datsun b210 to take to college and Mm.
0: vintage already
1: vintage already and (laughs) it um the star I believe it was the starter didn't Work anyway. There's this. There's this piece of the starter apparently that's kind of um. Why the wire is kind of a webbing, and it if it gets loose, it doesn't. Anyway, this, or it could have been crap though. I was told, but basically, my brother when he was little got an Atlanta Braves mini bat, which they still sell. And I took that because obviously my brother was long gone and left it behind. And I had to use that in order to start the car. So basically, <laughs> when I started my Dyson B210 and I would get, get, you know, on my way to school and then I'd have to pull over to get gas, once I stopped, the car wouldn't restart unless I beat the starter. So I would have to lift the hood, take this little mini bat and beat, 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 and then start the car. And I remember the looks, especially from men who saw this young girl who got out of her car and was beating the hell out of something under the hood before she left and thinking, who that, what the hell is she doing? And um, so, yeah, so I, the other, I would have probably, <laughs> I was very nervous in that car, but yeah, I was. why the hell you get me a crappy, get your kid a good car to go to college <laughs> with. Even if you buy a used car, make sure the parts work.
0: But if Anyone? they did
1: that, you wouldn't have this great story to tell about beating. Yeah, your car so th- that's start. the purpose. Thanks, Dad. This is the purpose of your Dotson B210 purchase <laughs> was so I could tell. But yeah, that's um, but there, yeah, but that's part of college though. Oh, and that oh, in the passenger door in that car, Jen would not close all the way. So I had to use a bungee cord. So of when buddies were in the car, mm-hmm. I would say like, I had to reach out, excuse me, and hook the bungee cord to the whole, you know, the handle of the passenger door. And they're like, why do I, I said, well, if I turn a curve, you're going to fall out. So yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's another college story. There's so many, there's so many. A million. But but here's your reminder to share your story, okay? College, I mean, you've thought one right now. Uh, so open up the, the story because your story matters. And tell these, like our friends who are kids are going to college, that tell these stories about when you were in college and the stuff that you had going on because your story matters. Just as it much does. As and
0: all of us can learn from the stories that you share. So if you've got kids going off to college, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on Facebook or on Instagram to share your thoughts on this transition stage in life. Is it an ending? Is it a beginning? Is it both? And how are you feeling through it? We want to hear from you always. What car, What
1: crappy car did you drive?
0: <laughs> You're that too. Yes. God. And what test did you cram for or fail? Mm. Um, and uh, we've got a Facebook page. You can find us at The Frenzy and also on Instagram, The Frenzy as well.
1: Quick story before we take a break. Did you ever get a low grade in a class?
0: Yes. I had to take Dinosaurs and Disasters <laughs> twice because I got a D in it. And at Florida state, they gave you one grace class to redo. I retook it and I got a C
1: (laughs) dinosaurs and disasters. Doesn't it sound
0: like fun? Yeah, no, it wasn't fun. It was a miserable, difficult, challenging, horrible course that I would not recommend anybody ever taking. Well, I get it because the name seemed like fun and it ended up being one of the toughest classes I've ever taken.
1: So a friend of mine was taking black and white photography and I'm like, oh, black, white photography. That sounds fantastic. Made a D as well. So sounds fun. (laughs) Shitty class. Pardon my language. (laughs) Yeah. If it sounds too fun, don't take it, kids. (laughs) Don't take take it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Take economics. (laughs) Take all that stuff. All right, let's grab a quick question out of the you do not know my life box. All right, and here we go. And you can, I mean, these are great, these are great for what we have a listener that uses this what for meetings for icebreakers and
0: meetings? Yes. She has a team meeting like once a week, and she'll steal the frenzy you don't know my life questions to ask her team. And it opens everybody up and starts everybody in a good mood. So steal these.
1: Yeah, here's another one for you. What's a place or event that you snuck into? Oh. I can go first if you want to think about it. I'm just
0: trying to figure out how to frame it. So okay. yes, you go first.
1: Okay. Well, this does have to do with college, but it's when my sister was in college. And this is this is something that my parents would not be happy with. So that's the other thing about when your kids go to college, just you have to let go because they need experiences. You don't have to know everything. And my mother had that philosophy. I don't need to know everything, is what she told me. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it, when I when I left when I left home. So um so my sister, when she was in college at MTSU, uh, my best friend and I were 14 years old and we, um, my sister wanted to go out dancing one night and she had, and it was, there was a bar near campus and she's like, I know the bartenders and I know the front door guy. And she's like, I'm going to sneak you into this bar. And she's like in, um, Shirley temple. She said, remember Shirley temple. And when you go to the bar, Uh, No, no, it was actually wasn't Shirley Temple. We knew about Shirley Temple, but she said when you go to the bar, you can, uh, you know, get a rum and Coke to seem like you're an adult. But my friend knows to just give you the Coke. So she was instructing us just know that always add Sprite or Coke to your drink order and then you seem like you're fitting in. So at 14 years old, my friend and I snuck into this bar. And we would go to the hey, can I have a rum and cook? And we'd get a regular Coke, and then we'd dance. And he's oh my god, these <laughs> these guys, we were dancing with these guys, and ah, uh, either they were creepers or we pulled it totally. off, But yes, they yeah, were so, total creepers. So at 14, I snuck into my oh sister's my college bar. That is so young. That is awesome. Almost too young. That is too, <laughs> oh my too gosh. Young. Okay, but, that yeah.
0: reminds me of a story now of sneaking in. So when I was in college, of course, everybody wanted to have a fake ID to go to the clubs that were only 21 and up. Right. Right. And so there were a lot of difficult ones that you would never try your fake ID on because they'd always take it. But I remember one of the most glorious days, a friend of mine who was like a year older than me had gone out to a club and he found an ID on the floor and he Mm. picked it up. And it sort of barely kind of only (laughs) looked like me because she had blonde hair. Okay. Okay. Our faces did not look anything alike, but she had blonde hair. And I remember James calling me going, Jen, you're not going (laughs) to believe this. I found you a fake ID. This thing was tattered around the edges, frayed, old, it was like almost like blue tinted, It was probably someone else's fake ID that they had gotten from someone else, from someone else, from someone else, right? I mean, and I accidentally dropped it on the ground, but man, I used that thing for like two years. It was awesome. And I had the whole thing memorized. I don't think I could recite it to you now, but in college I could recite to you where she was from, her address. I memorized all of that and definitely got into some of the nightclubs that were 21 and up.
1: Because sometimes those old IDs too, the plastic would bubble up over certain parts, and so I wondered if it oh, bubbled yeah. up over the picture, which would make it harder to to see. There but. was a
0: bubble, and I remember it was that top right side was really crinkled and frayed, and but it but it worked for it a little worked. while. It got me into the late night library. Yeah, oh, you had a library
1: on campus too. Oh yeah, late night library, called, yeah, ours was yeah. called the
0: library, but the one that you never <laughs> would get into is called Bullwinkles. You never use it because they had the toughest mm. uh, door guys. Yeah. And they would take your, they would take your fake ID and get you in trouble. So you didn't go to Bullwinkle's, but you could sneak it into the late night library. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> and again, parents who were sending their kids to college, don't just, <laughs> just, you know, don't, you don't worry about it. You don't need to be like Millie Pete. I don't need to know everything. That's I, I, rem, I distinctly remember her telling me that because, she, because my sister would try to shock her with some of my sister and my mother's relationship. Very interesting. So my sister would always like overshare just to make my mother angry. And so I remember it was after one of those incidences where my mother, when I went, said, you know what, Melissa, I don't need to know everything. I said, yes, ma'am. And she didn't. So So
0: good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) All right. Melissa Carter has this week's Mirror mantra.
1: So this is for you, and it's also for your kids who are leaving, but it's mainly for you um, because I had a friend say the other day something that I thought was so – I don't know. I'd never heard it before. And it was so impactful for me. You know, the line experience is the best teacher. Okay, so that's part of what I'm telling you is part of the mantra today. Experience is the best teacher, but it doesn't have to be your experience, meaning that if you want to learn from struggles, it doesn't have to be your struggles that you necessarily learn from, that you there's a there is a plethora of intelligence and wisdom around you, Now, we here at the Frenzy encourage you to share your wisdom uh, because your story is very important, but also listen to the stories of everybody else. You know, we're in a climate right now where everybody just wants to talk and nobody wants to listen. And so this this guy said this to me the other day because, you know, it was something his father always told him. It's like pay attention to what's going on around you and pay attention to the stories of other people because you can learn as easily from other people without you having to go through that. So again, experience is the best teacher, but it doesn't necessarily have to be your experience. And so, you know, sometimes it's okay to not to have to go through it first person in order to be affected by it. Like Jen and I, with our best friends who are dropping off their kids Mm -hmm. to college and these, the, the reflection you know, the internal reflection they have about this. And and my friends, you know, just bless her heart, just having a pity party uh, over it is is something I can learn from so that the day that I drop Mr. Carter off to college, that I don't have that same regret. Um, And, you know, that's something, you know, so I can learn from her as well.
0: So good. Awesome. Okay. Now it is time for us to finally... (laughs) Answer the frenzy five. How have we been doing this show for this long? And we never have answered our own Frenzy 5 questions.
1: We're in our second season of the Frenzy. And we realized, we realize in talking, we've never answered these. So Jen Hobby's in the hot seat today. And I'm going to answer.
0: I really have not given them much thought. So this will be rapid fire.
1: Good. Well, okay. Then I'll tell you what, Um, we, Jen, you're in the hot seat. Don't, okay. don't, no pressure. Just tell Got us it. the first thing that's on your mind. These are easy. Okay. Oh, okay. Are you ready? <laughs> Where is your cozy, happy place?
0: Okay. My cozy, happy place is probably laying out next to a pool with something fizzy to drink and a
1: really good book. Very nice. What's your favorite framed thing in your home?
0: It's probably a picture of our family that we have inside the front door. I think that's the right answer on that one. Yeah. Because it's not a picture that was taken in a from a professional photographer. It was just at a friend's house and I happen to be holding Reese and Grant is holding Lauren. And it just was one of those snaps that ended up being really good. Mm -hmm. Just a a quick glimpse and moment in time. And it's not a perfect picture, but it's perfectly unperfect.
1: Boy, next time I come over, I'm going to to pay attention because I'm trying to (laughs) visualize that picture. All right. What's your most memorable birthday? You know, one of them is
0: when Grant surprised me with a surprise party and it was for a random date. It was like I was like 36 (laughs) or something like it was not a birthday where you would typically have a big party or a big surprise party but, um, I, that's how he cut
1: you off guard. That's awesome. Yeah, It was like, what? I'm only
0: 36 (laughs) or I can't even remember what number it was because it was so irrelevant to the celebration. It's just that it was the first time anybody had actually really pulled off a surprise and he loves doing that. And yeah, it was, you were probably there. It was, um, downstairs at that cool restaurant in Inman park. Anyway, we can take this part out of it, but, um, (laughs) Cause I can't remember. Parish maybe was the name of it. Oh
1: yes. 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 I remember that. Yes. Remember. Was. And yes. it was downstairs at Parish yes. and he
0: just took me there saying we were going yes. out to dinner for my birthday and it was a random birthday. So I was like, cool. We're just going out to dinner for my birthday. I do and remember I remember that. walking downstairs yes. and all of my friends were there. I was like, what? How did you do that? That's
1: right. Cause I remember, I, I remember, I think we were maybe running a few minutes late and I remember driving cause the the drive was up by the building and he went in the back. And I remember thinking, let me make sure that, that she's not here yet. Messing up the surprise. I know, right? (laughs) Let Melissa screw that up. All right. So uh, what's a daily routine or ritual that you stick to?
0: Coffee. And I picked up a daily ritual from one of our guests on the show. It was from Melissa Proctor, who is CMO of the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said that she started every day with her Bible app. Mm -hmm. And which she started every day with scripture and I had been looking to dive into my spiritual journey further at the moment that she said that. So a couple of weeks after our podcast, I just emailed her and said, Hey, what, you know, there's a, a thousand different apps out there that you can choose from. And she told me which one, and I've been using it every day since. And it is a great way to start the day sort of centered and with meditation and to, set your intentions for the day, rather than allowing the day to get away from you and start with anxiety of all the other things that you have to do. Um, Mm. And I think that it's been transformative for me because... And you know this as morning show radio people, you have to like wake up and work immediately. Yeah. Like your yeah. mind immediately has to go to what is in the news cycle? What do I need to be aware of? What's happening here locally? Well, how am I going to say something? Yeah, you pre- don't
1: ease into your morning as a morning no, show. No, you host. kind of, pre-
0: you like all of a sudden you're like up thinking and presenting information to the world very quickly. Right. And so I always, for a, a lot of years, I mean, decades, uh, plural, mm-hmm. woke up sort of immediately hit the ground into my to-do list. And that's an anxious and really terrible way to start the day <laughs> Yeah, because it sets you on this trajectory of always feeling behind. And so starting the day with the app is just like my moment to have some coffee, to reflect, to remember and, and to just, you know, be with God's word for a minute. And, um, you know, I'm not, I've never been in my life, a super duper religious person. I wouldn't say I'm a religious person. I would say I'm a spiritual person and this has really helped, um, guide me down that journey. So I'm appreciative for the new ritual that I stick to now after starting the frenzy.
1: Well, and Melissa Proctor, great interview in the first season, uh, if you want to listen to it and have it. And also, I remember as a morning show host, I was envious when people said, yeah, I'm just waking up, having my first cup of coffee. And I'm thinking, I, my first cup of coffee was coming. I had already worked by the time I even fixed that first cup of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So final question, the Frenzy Five, you're almost done, Jen Hobby. Uh, what passion trend did you jump on?
0: Okay. I have thought about this one. Every time we ask everybody and they are <laughs> flat footed on what to say. I do remember shoulder pads Yep, were a thing for a little while in the eighties, but I was kind of young in the eighties. So I remember shoulder pads. And then I also remember a phase of bell bottoms <laughs> in high school. There was a time where bell, bo- like the old school bell but they bottoms came them, back.
1: But they didn't call them bell bottoms when they resurged. They called them boot. No. What like was it? Flared. Flared. Yes. F- yes. Flared, flared jeans. jeans. Yes. They didn't call them bell bottoms. Right. Right.
0: Right. Because bell bottoms were the seventies. And right. I remember going back into my mom's closet and like finding some of her old bell bottoms and wearing the school. And then I was real cool. Cause it was not flared. <laughs> it was like the legit vintage ones. Right. But yes. So I would say shoulder pads. And flared
1: pants. I love it.
0: There, there's your and band name. I don't have any of those <laughs> in my
1: closet anymore. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoulder pants. Uh, <laughs> and I did. I did both. I did both. Uh, <laughs>
0: All right. Is there a friend of yours who would enjoy this episode of The Frenzy? Please share this with her on Apple Podcasts. It's easy to do when you're looking at the podcast. Look for those three little white dots in the top right corner, click on those. And then in that drop down menu, you can select Share Episode and text it right there to your friend.
1: Yeah. And check out your, our our frenzy YouTube channel, your frenzy YouTube channel. It's all of ours. We're a community, but we are on YouTube. Uh, we have extended interviews there. Some bloopers find their way in and we also (laughs) want you to please sign up. (laughs) And so do kittens. And so do kittens. That's right. In this episode, if you watch (laughs) the YouTube channel for this episode, you'll see my new kitten who has not yet been named. I wouldn't name him. I told my son we're not going to name him because we're not going to keep him. Well, now we keep, we got to find a name. All right. So, and he's a black cat. So I was like, Oh, Halloween, something, something cool. Uh, His brother's name was Salem, by the way, the family named him Salem. I thought that was neat. Anyway. All right. So sign up for our weekly email and we will send you the episode right to your inbox. We make it very easy for you. We include links to things we discuss and give you deeper insights to these topics. You sign up at the frenzy.com.
0: And big thanks to our listeners who have already subscribed to our email list. Thanks to Helen Copeland, Linda Stewart and Jeannie Sandoval. Thank you so much for signing up. We will only send one episode to your inbox each week.
1: We do not bug the crap out of you. Correct. And we don't sell your information. The Frenzy is hosted and produced by myself, Melissa Carter, and Heidi McHottie over there, Jen Hobby.
0: (laughs) Sound editing by Bo Johnson.
1: Original soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for Placement Music, written and recorded by Mark Daniels.
0: The Frenzy celebrates friendships over 40. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We love your friendship
1: with a Z. <laughs> there you go. Hey, right. friendship. Right, yes, yes. Friendship. I like friendship. it. Friendship. Friendship. Friendship.
0: Friends-ship. Friendship. friendship. We'll work on right. that.
1: Until next week, <laughs> <laughs> trust your gut, share your story, and stop lying about, about your age, Joe. Goodbye. Happy to good love time. you. Bye. Good luck with the kids.